0: As you stare at the single blue line on the stick someone just peed on, you pray. Some pray for it to stay the single blue line. And some pray for a second line to slowly fade into existence. If you're listening to this podcast, you have probably seen the two blue lines. This is the two blue lines podcast, a pregnancy podcast for men. This show should never be confused for medical advice always talk to a doctor for that. We exist to bring you solid dad information as you navigate pregnancy. But enough introduction, let's get into it.
1: Riddle me this. What do the names Abbott, Arrow, Eliza, and Aloha have in common? Well, to find out, you will have to listen all the way until the name section of today's episode, which is only going to be about 10 or 15 minutes from now, but still, stay tuned. Before we get into that, though, this episode, we are going to be talking about pregnancy weeks 26 through 30. We're going to be talking about the nesting phenomenon, and we are going to be talking baby names. So. As always, we're gonna start with baby. What is happening with your little one inside that womb right now? Well, for starters, your baby is about the size of a cabbage or maybe a loaf of bread. Before we go on any further, has anybody ever wondered why we are constantly comparing babies to food items? I I mean, it's a little bit weird if you think about it. If you've been around people with kids long enough, you know that this is a pretty common comparison now I'm not saying that all parents have cannibalism on the brain but it's certainly there somewhere so listen up dads this is a public service announcement don't let people besides myself obviously talk about your kids as food things like you're as cute as a pumpkin pie I just want to eat you all up it's not funny if somebody says something food related about your baby a fair response could clearly be listen Stop thinking about eating my baby and I will stop thinking about eating yours. I don't say this to be morbid. This is just a friendly dad reminder that cannibalism is unacceptable behavior no matter how it pops up. Thank you for giving me the time to get that PSA out there. Uh, Enough with my rant. Back to our show. From the weeks 26 to 30, your baby is going to start to get a little more cramped in there. Mama's going to start tracking all the baby kicks and baby will start being able to tell the difference between your voice and mom's voice which is pretty cool one other really cool thing that happens during this time period is that baby starts to have rapid eye movements during sleep rems and if you don't know what an rem or a rem cycle is that's what we humans do when we dream Now, up until this moment, your baby has had extremely limited experiences in this world. And during their short life, they've known nothing besides what happens inside the womb. So I've often wondered what babies dreaming about. I mean, they're probably dreaming about chasing their umbilical cord in the womb, sitting down to a nice glass of amniotic fluid, and listening to Netflix through the walls of their comfortable little rental room. If that's not a weird picture for you, I don't know what it is. And so with that fun little baby picture for your brain, let's move on to mom. Mom has hit the third trimester of pregnancy, which means that she has likely started to get a little bit uncomfortable again. Baby's going to be pressing on her bladder, causing her to run, every five, run to the bathroom every five minutes. She hasn't already. She's likely going to have to do a one hour glucose test that that checks to see if she has gestational diabetes if you've ever heard of a 16 pound baby well that's likely gestational diabetes at work it can actually cause a pretty big issue for both mom and baby but the test itself is pretty unpleasant so i've heard i've never taken it myself my wife had to do a one hour test both pregnancies and she failed it both times And then, if you fail the one-hour test, apparently there's a three-hour test that they have to take. Now, the basic premise of this test is that she drinks something that's like ultra-concentrated syrupy glucose or sugar. And then, periodically through the test, they measure the glucose levels in her blood to see how well her body handles the drink. So not only do they drink this syrupy, sugary Kool-Aid that's pretty nasty, it gives them a super big sugar high, and then they're getting poked with needles quite a bit for the uh, the lab to draw blood, and so they they're basically measuring how well mom's body handles sugar. The one-hour test gets her out of the office with a couple of pokes and a headache. The three-hour test gets her out with four or five pokes and a ma- major sugar high and crash. Again, it's not pleasant, and it's not something my wife enjoyed it's not something that any of the pregnant ladies that i know enjoyed but it is important now again i want to reiterate i am not a doctor so don't take my description of this test as medical fact it's just something to be aware of it's something that might be on the horizon for for your girl and uh my 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 knowledge on this is based on my research and the various test stories that I've heard from pregnant ladies. So uh, take it with a grain of salt, ask her doctor,
0: all that fun stuff. Hey there, sorry to interrupt your episode, but no one ever listens to the end of podcasts and we just have to say a couple of programming things. We want to say a quick thank you to the U Medical and Fatherhood Academy team for making this podcast possible. We don't have any sponsors for this show. It is a U Medical and Fatherhood Academy production. Find both organizations on social media at UMedical and at Fatherhood Academy. If you need to find Brandon personally, just look him up on social media platforms at Seminary Dad. A special thank you to WhatToExpect.com. They have been an awesome resource for this podcast and for parents everywhere. Lastly, thank you to BestSound.com for putting out royalty-free music for us to use on this podcast. You guys rock. With that, I will let you get back to the episode.
1: Now, last item on mom during the stage. When she first got pregnant, the doctor likely gave her some pretty specific sleeping instructions. She isn't supposed to sleep flat on her back, and she obviously isn't supposed to try and balance on her belly to sleep. Now that she's getting bigger and her third trimester hormones are raging, she's likely going to have a hard time sleeping. This is a tough moment for us to remember that dad's role in pregnancy is one of support. Our job is to support whatever she needs, whatever is going to make her most comfortable. As she's navigating pregnancy herself, what can we do to support her? If she needs to satisfy that midnight craving for peanut butter and pickles so that she can sleep, I highly recommend you figuring out how to get her some peanut butter and pickles sounds really gross but you know (laughs) she might need what she needs in order to sleep if she needs you to grab her a couple of extra pillows or blankets to help prop her up on her side so that she can sleep go and grab the pillows if she needs a whole bed to toss and turn in grab some shut eye on the couch Grab yourself a blanket and make yourself comfortable. My wife's first pregnancy had me sleeping on the couch so that she could curl up with all 17 of our pillows. I was happy to do that because she was growing my firstborn child inside of her. The second time through pregnancy, she actually ended up on our couch so that she could recline a little bit. She could kind of get comfortable and sit up a little bit to sleep. Uh, And it was actually easier for her to get up and go to the bathroom every five minutes when she was on the couch next to the bathroom, as opposed to trying to get off of our bed and navigate out of the room in the dark and all that kind of stuff. Now, there's obviously a lot of other stuff that we could talk about with both mom and baby for this period, but those are the highlights for you as a dad. So, with all that behind us, on to nesting. Now, if you've never heard of nesting, nesting is a phenomenon where a pregnant human lady feels the need to create a nest within your house. Yes, that's right, a nest within your house. Now, bear in mind, that is not normally a literal bird's nest, right? Don't, If you've ever had that picture, don't expect the mother of your child to be making a bird's nest in your house. Often, it takes the form of a very urgent desire to get the baby's nursery together or to reorganize all the cupboards in the kitchen. Her desire to clean and organize will likely get you up off the couch and doing stuff. Like it or not, she's going to have a list. And I would recommend for every dad out there to go with it instead of fighting it. Sometimes it can be uncomfortable. Sometimes it can come at the most inopportune moments. And sometimes you'll feel like you want to fight about it. But again, she's the mother of your child. I would recommend going with it. Help her get the house ready for baby to arrive. You likely won't understand the desire. You're probably not going to share the desire, but it's not a bad one. However, with all of that said... A couple words of warning as you hit this phase. The first word of warning is watch out for fumes. You want your baby to get as much oxygen as possible. So, if possible, when you're going to paint the nursery, send her out for her lunch with some friends while you paint. Paint fumes aren't normally a major concern in today's day and age, but it is better safe than sorry. However, things like bleach, oven cleaner, liquid plumber, uh, household items that can produce a ton of fumes and generally not good for you, anyways, uh, these could be more major concerns. Those are definitely not something that she wants to be breathing in while she's pregnant. The second consideration is watch out for ladders and step stools. Because of the hormones, because of the weight distri- distribution, uh her balance can be a bit off and her weight it's not distributed where it normally was so be aware of the projects going on in the home and help her take care of the things that require her to climb around it's not saying she's an invalid but it's better safe than sorry in that regard third item for consideration help her carry the heavy stuff she's likely not really going to want to carry the heavy stuff around but keep in mind that a lot of times Uh, if put in the situation a pregnant mom might try and pick up more than she should more than maybe what the the uh, doctor has told her to it may mean while you take three or four trips to the car for groceries she's inside resting instead of helping lug in the 50 pound bag of dog food that's not a bad thing because again you don't want her doing things that are going to to injure her, injure the baby, or put her into early term labor. So, if you had enough nesting advice, those are the three things that I would be particularly uh, careful for. If you've had enough, we are going to move on to find out what the names Abbott, Arrow, Edeliza, and Eloa have in common. Are you ready for it? They are all on the most rare baby name list. They're really cool names, I think. Abbott, Arrow, Edeliza, and Eloah. If you've named your kids one of these names, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to see why you picked that name. Also, if you have one of those names, please forgive me if I butchered the pronunciation. I've never met anybody with any of those names, but I would love to. So shoot, hit me up in the messages, shoot me an email, and I'd love to, to meet you just because of your name. So, this topic leads into the big question of, how do I choose a baby name? How do I choose a baby name? And the reality is, is I can't tell you definitively how to choose your baby's name. But here are a couple of standards that people have to help them process through what name they like, what name they don't like. Now, probably one of the more common ones that I've heard over the years is the Bob and Tom Morning Show have talked about baby names before. Their basic guideline is if the name sounds respectable, being announced as a Supreme Court justice, all rise for Judge John Frankenson, you know that that's probably good to go. If you like John Frankenson, sure, why not? If it sounds like it belongs to a stripper, you should probably steer steer clear. Other people have gone for abstract nouns like hope, peace, or arrow. My wife and I, we chose to name our kids something that means a lot. Again, there, there's not a right or wrong to naming your kids, right? But we wanted something that meant a lot to us, to our family, something that we could attach a story to later when our kids grow up. And they asked, dad, why did you choose this name? Names throughout history have communicated something about the person. They communicate which family you belong to. Parents have tried to communicate something about their kids in choosing their names. And people have also changed their names to escape embarrassing meanings or a stigma may be associated with the name. Now, my daughter's name is Amira Grace. We chose Amira because it's, it means princess in Arabic. Now, I am not Arabic myself, but my wife's dad is from the Palestine-Israel area, and we wanted to choose something that communicated her heritage. We're also passionate followers of Jesus and believe that God's grace is essential for every human to have forgiveness for their sins. Now, that's our belief system, and so we named her Amira Grace, hoping to communicate that she's a princess of God's grace while giving a shout-out to her heritage. I don't know what your kid's story is. I don't know what your family's story is, but wouldn't it be cool if they grew up knowing that there was a meaning that you thought through for their name? We had a similar process with our son, but I'm not gonna go through both names here today just for the sake of the length of the podcast. So as you are talking through the the baby name with the mother of your child, talk about what is important to you and to your family. Is there a meaningful family name that's been passed down from generation to generation? Do you have a nickname that means something to you that would make a good first or middle name? Is there a family member or a friend who has maybe passed away that you would like to honor with, by naming your child after them? It's worth thinking through these things because one day, your child will look up at you with their big hopeful eyes and say dad why did you choose that name for me what did you hope for me what did you think about when mommy was pregnant with me it's good to think through these things so that we can build use them as excuses to build that relationship with our child and communicate our beliefs our morals our values our worldview and our dreams with our kids. They want that from us, and that is so essential to our relationship with our kids in the future. So, with that slightly sobering thought, I'm out of here. Our next episode will cover weeks 31 through 35 and give some guidelines for your birth plan. Dads, until we meet again, enjoy pregnancy.